I'm starting recording. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm crying. I'm sweating. <laughs> I just asked Stephanie. I've got a new piece of software that I'm using to record my my podcast <laughs> video recording. So I just asked Stephanie, do you have another lie? <laughs> can you brighten it up a little bit so we can She went into the closet. I was expecting a ring light to come out and she bought a big ass standing l- living room lamp. I don't even know if they make these. <laughs> Hi, Steph. <laughs> I think we weren't really prepared to start here, but we're here we are. Here we go again. My good buddy, Stephanie Bro Bradley, is joining us for another episode of Yoga Beers Camp with myself, Michael J. And we are going to be talking today about self-care for studio owners. Enjoy. Please note that we had a ton of technical issues recording this, mostly on Stephanie's side. (laughs) We had crappy internet and a whole bunch of things going wrong. So the episode's a little bit choppy and there's a little bit of an echo on Stephanie's side. Oh, God. Okay. Welcome. This is my good friend, my my business consulting wife, Stephanie Burr Bradley. Hey, Steph. Hey, guys. What's up? you always make me laugh. Uh, never fa- never fails. Thank you so much. Speaking of laughing, hey, this is Yoga Biz Camp. That's not my usual <laughs> opening. <laughs> I'm Michael J. Just in case you're logging on to this. Uh, so funnily enough, we're laughing our heads off here. And our conversation today is about self-care for studio owners. So Stephanie and I are both have been studio owners. We both work with studio owners on a daily basis. Um, but this conversation is actually coming out of yours and I, our conversation where yep. I, I sat down with you one day and I'm like, you, I'm so impressed by no matter what's going on in your life, you've got kids, you've got, I mean, you've got a lot going on, right? In, in your life. Okay. We're recording. So this podcast came out of you and I having a personal conversation uh, and I looked at how you, no matter what you've got going in on your life, you are consistent with your healthcare, you like your fitness and you're working out, like you never let that falter. And I feel like I am being very ADHD. I'm all in or I'm not. <laughs> Right, So I go through spurts and you and I have both have had health scares. We can talk about that in a little bit, but I want to know about your consistency and how you stick at that. Because I know there's a lot of studio owners out there that struggle with balance of life, all the responsibilities of a studio and all the people stuff that they have to deal with. So I'm curious about your consistency into your own self-care. It's funny that you bring that up because as I reflect back it, I think that my most inconsistent time of self-care was when I was a studio owner. Me too. Yeah. Interesting. Like that was the reason why I got into it is because I got so much from the particular modality that I chose to go down. And then I found myself, oh my God, this is the perfect fit. I can own a place where I can work out. Like, this is great. 
And then I found that my practice had fallen to the wayside because there were so many other things to take care of. Mm. That being said, it is very noticeably to myself and those that quote unquote love me and around me when I am not in a consistent practice because it affects my demeanor, <laughs> my mood, <laughs> my attitude, the way that I deal well, with Well, let's things. be honest. You said if you didn't. If you didn't work out, you'd kill somebody. <laughs> yeah, I'd need to go run over somebody on purpose, which is not something to joke about. So please know that we're being sarcastic. But it is my it's it started off in my life as being that mental release, right? Like mm. when life gets really hard, and you just did a plank for two minutes. It's shit. Bring it on. I can handle anything. And then, as you mentioned before about the health scare. I feel like me keeping up with my practice and then developing a connection of mind to body is what helped me during that whole process. It helped me connect with my body to really listen to it when it says something's off, I need you to pay attention. And it helped me journey through it all. So for me, it's not a choice. It's like a duty, but I don't look at it as a duty because I really do get a lot out of it. So and, when you're in you that, know. when you're in that mood, when you're in that mood of, I just don't, <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I just don't feel like doing it today. How'd you get yourself there? Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I choose a different outlet because as we know, which I think is really important as studio owners to keep in mind is that especially in the women in this area, the place where you work out tends to be like your third safe space. Like you have your home, you have work. And then you have the place that you go for your outlet to work out. And I think for a lot of us, sometimes we need a shift in our life or in our journey or in our day-to-day -day routine. So it took me a while when I was a studio owner. And now that I'm on the end, I think that a lot of us, especially women, sometimes we need a shift in what we're doing because we feel stuck and there's something that needs to change. And for me right now, it's reevaluating where it is I am going to work out. Maybe that is the shift. Mm -hmm. And I bring this up because I think this is such an important topic for us to talk about. Because when someone chooses for whatever reason to lose, to leave your space, I always feel like it's really important to have them leave as graciously with open arms. So when they're ready mm -hmm. to come back, come, those yeah. arms are there. Oh. Because a lot of the time it has nothing to do with you. 13 years them. of owning a yoga studio, I can't tell you the cycles of people coming and going. And it is. And actually, my I used to take it super personally. And yep. my partner was a hairdresser and said, just do a great job. They'll go try somewhere else. They'll go do something else. But if you just keep doing a great job, they'll come back. And I tuck that on into my own business and it's okay, no problem. And sure enough, over the years, sometimes people came back seven times. Yep. You want to alleviate any awkwardness because they're yeah. on a journey to find something. Yeah. And sometimes it's the routine, the daily routine yeah, or the weekly that's routine. Great, that's that a great point. To be changed. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but for me, it is also, I mean, like entrepreneurship can be lonely. And so sometimes mm -hmm. for me, that one hour that I venture out from my computer or my desk or on my calls is that connection that I need. Yeah. Do you have community where you go? I do. I do. Yeah. I do. Is, that a is, I, is that a factor in you where you choose to go? 
Oh my God. Oh, absolutely. Deep. I've been to places yeah. where I loved the exercise, but it wasn't my people. Yeah. Yes. I do think it definitely plays a role. Yeah. My therapy. So I went through in the summer, I had a week where <laughs> let's just say I had a lot of triggers <laughs> and yeah. in that week, I didn't, I lost myself. I didn't know who I was. Like it was like my, the things that were coming out of my mouth, the thoughts I was having, the responses I was having to loved ones. It was like, who is this? This is not Yoko Michael at all. And also as a yoga studio owner, there was always a lot of pressure to be, you were held up as on a pedestal mm-hmm. of the assumptions that you eat properly that you don't eat. I had people in the grocery stores looking in my basket and going, Oh, I didn't realize that you, you ate chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> That's, I, I don't know. Lamp. I think it's the lamp. <laughs> Steph keeps cutting out. <laughs> it's the electricity. Cause I didn't go work out this morning. Yeah. Oh, anyway, I, so I had this week where I was, not myself. I'm like, I like, I got to do something about this and I have an amazing therapist. And if you don't have a therapist, I really do recommend. And I don't go very often, but there was a time where I went weekly. I did a lot of work and, but now because this therapist knows me so well, it's fantastic. It's the best money spent because I don't have to go tell my backstory. I literally go there. This is what's going on. Let's dig into it. And I leave feeling better. Right. So it's maybe once every six months or so I'll do a little a check-in I, when I need that external. But what he said to me, because as a very ADHD person, I'm there's trouble with ADHD and there's also, it's a superpower. And the superpower is that you can get hyper-focused. So if you want to do a project or you want to launch a website or whatever, do a client project, it's like you're all in and that's all that exists. The downside of that is, everything, for me, everything else goes to shit. Yeah. So it's if I'm if I'm working on a rebrand on myself where you're, I'm like intense and working long hours trying to do all this, I'm not able to balance. I have a hard time balancing that self care, the getting outside for roller skating, all of that stuff mm-hmm. goes it just goes to the wayside. And but doesn't but that all he, come down to time management and stuff? Also, it does. So we'll get there. Actually, we'll get there. Yeah. But his 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 advice to me was, which has stuck with me, is that. Put yourself first. We all know that. We all hear it. But he said, just put yourself first, your health and your well-being first. Schedule that first, and then everything else will fall into place. So I'm trying to live by that right now, and it's not easy. <laughs> you know what I what opened my eyes to it, and I'm trying to remember the exact test that it was called, but it was basically when it comes to work performance, what are the hours that you are most productive by answering a series of questions? 100%, yeah. And I'm most productive from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., which makes a hell of a lot of sense. Yep. And I feel like after taking that test, it gave me some permission. You can work out in the morning because you're not really going to be generating your best quality work until 10 a.m. anyway. So you might as well work out before. Yeah. And in a weird way, that gave me permission for it being okay for putting myself first. So I usually go work out in the morning. And that way, in my most productive time, I'm sitting here getting it all done. I am not an afternoon worker outer. It sounds good in my head. Yeah. And I will figure out a way to talk myself out of it. So 
everyone who does not have a late cancel or a no-show policy needs to install it for this reason because you have to sign up ahead of time to get a spot, right? I go to a studio that has reformers, so there's limited capacity. I'm not going to want to cancel if there's a charge that's going to come to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that is also a thing that I need to make the appointment. I know that there's going to be a consequence if I don't, and I always feel better after. Yeah. My, yeah, I actually quite, I spend a lot of time with my yoga studio owners. I spend a lot of time talking to my studio owners about time blocking and I'll even share my calendar because I do, so as an ADHD person, (laughs) systems work for me. So I need systems. I need to know that there's a hook for my keys when I come in the door (laughs) and (laughs) else you're never going to find those keys. By the way, I have an air tag on my second system. I have an air tag tracking device on my keys and my wallet. You don't have the clapper? (laughs) Did your lamp go off? off. Uh But I actually have, I do that really is the time blocking and I have different colors for, and I actually block in healthcare And I'm the same way, knowing the best way you work and building your life around that. So I am 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. I'm good. You're not getting the best of me at 3 p.m. Pacific time in the afternoon. (laughs) But you're getting the best of me in the morning. But I want to make sure that whoever's listening does not think that we figured out a system, a tie-in tight, and like it's a process and a journey. Uh-huh. Like you, and what works for you? Like starting off every Monday, and it's and you tweak it. Like you're like, okay, this yeah. is working for a while. I need to make some adjustments, kind of thing. Because right now, as we're having this podcast, I'm in a lull and I haven't worked out for a handful of days because I was traveling, and now I'm starting to feel the effects of it. So I should apologize ahead of time if I offend anyone because I'm due for a class. That's a good time to get you on. All right. I'm going to go through a few things we're going to talk about. Discussion topics, mindfulness and meditation. Do you do anything around that? I would love to learn how to meditate. I have a really hard time turning my brain off. My tiptoeing into that was I realized a couple of months ago that one of my loves is reading and I couldn't remember the last time I had read a good book. So I went on Reese's book club and then Amazon and ordered a whole bunch of books. And now that's starting off my meditation routine. There's a certain time of day when I take a bath, candles, incense, you got it going on. And I sit in my bathtub and I read. And my hope is that I'm creating a space and a routine. So that can also lend itself to starting the meditation practice by just starting to create what the atmosphere needs to look like. And I also realized that when I stick to that routine, I sleep better. I don't know if it's the journey of turning your brain off and focusing on something else. Because for me to start out the meditation program is when I, it's complete silence, my head's just going. So how do I train it to not keep going? And right now it's losing myself in a book. That's great. Yeah, I like the, when I am on the good routines, I do actually like the Calm app. That's my British accent. Yes, I think I even C-A-L-M. Yeah, but the the reason I like that, because as an instructor, you're always leading those things, as a, especially as a yoga teacher. So it's so nice to be led and directed through through a meditation. And I also think that 
this is my goal now that since I'm living in Louisiana, we're just now getting off of habitating on the sun. I always feel better after an evening walk. Yeah. I love going for a walk. Um, I think it's good for even, cortisol levels and all yeah. that kind of fun stuff. It's just, I want to get back in that practice also. Yeah. I'll add one more into that one. And my good friend, Coach K.I., that's been on a few of my podcasts, she said to me once, try not to always be inputting. So that is because I'm always listening to podcasts, music, YouTube, learning, all of this stuff. She said, just go for a walk and turn it off and let your thoughts come. And honestly, God, the most creative times came through those times where you just turn it all off, the input. Don't you think it, it depends on your space? Like, it's really oh, odd. Yeah. Like, yeah. for me, yeah. if I go in a certain space, it's very easy for me to decompress. Where if I go in certain other spaces, it's very difficult. Like, I don't need to be in a room with a TV because I'm going to think it needs to be on. But yeah. if I'm, like, on the porch or somewhere, people are going to know I'm from the South because I have a porch. Just zoning out, then it's easier for me to just be. Because I think we do run, I think nowadays, if you always have to feel like you have to be on something. Not drugs, but, like, stimulation. Like, when yeah. you're sitting in the doctor's office... Normally, you would just look around. Now, everybody's like face down. No, no, no. You There's really not on. a lot of time to be. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And you're doing a, yeah. Yeah, for sure. What about nutrition? That's a big one for me. I didn't realize how much what I ate affected me mm. until I went through my health journey. And good, bad, or indifferent I can't eat a lot of things I shouldn't eat anymore because of the way my body reacts to it. But I am naturally feel better if I make good choices. Do I make good choices all the time? No. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely But as a balanced. whole, I feel better. Yeah. My one go-to always is drinking a lot of water. Yeah. Mine's going to a chocolate cookie no. <laughs> I, am I do have a real this afternoon for my son <laughs> i do have a sweet okay tooth. if you uh, walk away with nothing from this podcast today the key to a good cookie is using cake mix ah uh, maybe we're we'll, gonna drop it should we drop your drop your recipe in the show notes <laughs> for, i don't think so because i think i stole it from someone so i have to figure out who i stole it from so that i make sure i give him credit Time trying to record this podcast today. Choppy internet, Steph dropping in and out. It's like the. I've but like, we have light, people. <laughs> all right. We've got a dog barking in the background. I had a gardener here earlier before. All right. We've gone over time management, we've gone over physical exercise, a bit of nutrition, work life balance. I think. You know what I think it comes down to? I think it comes down to getting out of your comfort zone. Oh, tell me more about that. I'm just thinking out loud as we're talking. If you go do something that you normally do, then your mind has the chance to wander into all of the things that could be upsetting you, stressing you out in your life, and not allow you to just decompress. If you go do something that's out of your comfort zone that you don't know a lot about, then you're invested. Your mind and body mm -hmm. is invested in learning what that journey is and you're paying attention 
to either A, not make an ass out of yourself or hurt yourself, or B, to try and really connect with whatever activity it is. You know? I, think a, I think most people joining some type of fitness facility are going through those kind of concerns. But like for me right now, I think I'm looking for something new because mine is like maybe too much of a routine. That can especially you know, happen. Calling it, it in? That can especially happen in some types of yoga where it's a set routine, a set yeah. sequence. But there's also a beauty to that too. I came exactly. in. Exactly. And I think you ebb and flow. I think that's yeah. why speak. this circles back to what we started off saying. When someone is in their journey, it could have nothing to do with you. It could do, listen, I just need to break out of my routine for a hot second Yeah. type of thing. Because when I first started yoga, I went through the Ashtanga door. And the Ashtanga, it's a set sequence, right? You learn mm -hmm. a set sequence. Is that Bikram? It never, it never changes. No, Bikram's the same kind of thing. It's a set sequence. They're 26 postures done twice, I believe. But no, this is, but it's a set, it's a set sequence. But what I enjoyed about that in back in the day was it is a meditate. That is a meditative practice because you don't have to think what's mm -hmm. coming you just go through the but i do like the thought about challenging yourself to do something different because that because it's about the brain too right? and yep. your emotional well-being and what can you learn from something else some other modality some other teacher to allow you to be a student again and take that back in your journey of practice whatever you decide to do what are you a student of right now patience Patience. Yeah. I'm a very reactive person. It's a hard one, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's very interesting to tell people that I'm more patient than I used to be and them going, oh shit, kind of thing. But I think patience with others, but more importantly, patience with myself. Yeah. And I think nowadays, especially as we're talking to studio owners and this entrepreneurial journey where it's go, go. And I've realized about myself that, um, A, I have a hero complex. I want to come in and save the day for everyone. And I need to be okay with the fact of downtime without being productive because I equate yeah. not doing anything, being unproductive, being lazy and being not valued. Yeah, And so I feel like I have to do stuff all the time. Yeah. And sometimes you, as we all know, you need that downtime to fill your cup so you can be more productive. And that's where my patience that I'm working on right now. Mm. What does downtime look like? Because it needs to be scheduled just like everything else is. It's true, right? I took a Friday and I'm in California right now. And so I took a Friday and we're coming into Vancouver, Canada, fall season, which means a lot of rain, a lot of months and months of gray. So I took a day in California, we went to the beach, to Laguna Beach, and just being under an umbrella, laying in warm sand, listening to the waves, and there was nothing else. That yep. was it for the whole day. And it was just like magical. We both left feeling... You're like totally rejuvenated. Mm -hmm. And then you get into LA it's... traffic and drive an hour and a half home. <laughs> hey, that's like SEC football games. You go to tailgating all day and you have a great time. You go to the football game and then you're like, wait a minute. I have to wait three hours to get home because everybody's getting in their car. Yep, takes the phone out of it. I feel you. I feel you. 
So yeah, I struggle with the downtime because it's like I want enough downtime, but not too much for my head to go down like a rabbit hole where it doesn't need to go. And I think where as I find that I, as an independent person, an ind- independent person that runs their own life and their own business like we do, we have to make a lot of decisions. And but we also have to do a lot of learning, I find. We have to I find that I'm constantly having to spend time on learning and upgrading. What do you do to better yourself that way? I am trying to I'm always in a constant state of finding places to level up Mm. and trying to take those like tidbits with anything that could do that and have me thinking a little bit differently. So right now I'm in a quest when it comes to podcast and you and I have talked about this. Is there information or insight to be gained outside of this bubble of an industry? Yeah. To then bring back and apply like a new way of thinking or a new way to to decipher something. Cause I think we get so ingrained in the bubble that sometimes we don't realize. Yeah. So that's, and that I attribute to you a conversation that we have. What does it look like? Again, going back to thinking outside the box. What does it look like to think outside the box? But also like when you want advice or you're thinking about something, you usually go to somebody who's in that industry. Yeah which I think there's a lot of value to it. But I also feel like there's a lot of value to different perspectives and how the outside consumer or person views the industry that could get you to look at things a little differently. You could say that in the what I'm seeing the yoga world looking at differently right now is the way that they're structuring their pricing, their director membership was never a thing in our world. It was always in the fitness gym world. It was mm-hmm. never in, we never went direct to membership. And now it's like direct to membership and we've got marketing and communication. There's a lot more tools now. Because I'm realizing for me, one of the, in my journey of life and every either job, whether it was like a volunteer position or a paid job or whatever, one of the things that would frustrate me when I was learning something and I would ask a question of why if the reason was told to me because that's how it's always done no 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 kind of thing and so I think we as an industry owe it to ourselves to think outside is this are you doing it this way because it's the best way to do it for your business model are you doing it because this is how it's always been done for example someone looking changed yeah, like I, I I hear every single day my pricing is this because my neighbors the the neighboring studio is this price. Oh, okay. Do they have the same overhead? Do they have the same rent? You know, it's definitely an interesting comparison. The one thing I want to touch on before we leave here is when you get immersed in your studio life, for a yoga teacher, they start a yoga studio usually to serve and give back to the community and yoga is their passion. And then there's something that happens along the way and we stop doing yoga. Can you, do you have any correlation to that in your own experience as a studio owner, even though you weren't yoga? Yeah. And I don't know, I think it's, Good and bad. And again, the timing of this is amazing. Like I'm in a space right now where class-wise, studio as modality, I'm ready to learn something different, to 
I said before, to take that because I still teach classes. I teach Ligree classes and I always think that different things can be applicable. And I think the best thing that we can do, although we don't always do it, is to continue being a student. But sometimes that's very difficult in the place that you own. So can you be a student somewhere else where you can walk in and not worry about if the towels are folded and not worry about if there's enough toilet paper and not worry about the fact that the retail hasn't switched positions in three days kind of thing? (laughs) Because when you go in your own space, not that I always was great at it, but I think if you can be a student somewhere else. Yeah, I just had that. To keep it up. Yeah, I just had that. One of my studio owners was going through a tough kind of time personally and just didn't want to go face students every day mm-hmm. at, at the studio and go be a student, but wanted to do yoga still. So go be go take classes at a d- different studio. I think I'm in that journey now. It's just a combination mm-hmm. of wanting to get out of my comfort zone, but then still wanting to make sure that I get a good workout if I'm paying for it. Yeah. Because we're snobs. Like you own a business and especially in this industry and you train and you teach. And so you expect that level to be in every class that you go to. And yeah. Steph, thanks for always coming on and sharing. With all my technical capabilities and lighting yeah, you're, issues. You're a big lamp. <laughs> and I've had the technical issues today, so I'm going to have fun, fun doing this podcast edit. I'm going to laugh if you're like, yes, it was all Stephanie's fault. It wasn't the system at all that was messed up. I'll do a reel on Stephanie. I fully expect to get that. Yeah. Um, what Steph, did you do? On... Go ahead. Steph, tell people how they can find you. BroBradleyConsulting.com. You can find my website or you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm on Steph Bro Bradley on Instagram. So, yeah. And who do you serve? the greater good of the world. Um, I primarily work with Bar and Legree Studios. I don't think, I think that's because I am more direct of a person. I'm not a sugar coder. And yeah, I like to work with people who want to think outside the box and bounce around in that area of gray enough to just not go to jail. You should probably yeah. edit that out of the podcast. <laughs> And most people don't know that uh, you and I work together too. And mm-hmm. uh, I have in my some of my packages that you work with me and you will do an hour video meeting with my clients to go over KPIs, how to set them up, how to review them. So it's I'm really excited video. about that collaboration because yeah. I think yeah. for you and I, KPIs are going to paint the picture. They're going to tell you the story of what's going on with your business. And they're just that. They're just numbers. They're And it, that story can change the next chapter. But it also needs to be approached from the human aspect of it. And so I really love the collaborations that we do yeah. when it comes to both of it. And so for those people who want a review of their pricing in a financial aspect and also the community social way, And I can't tell you the value of Stephanie being part of my team here with this because we worked with one client and Stephanie, we went through all the numbers of an existing studio and she told them the magic number that they needed to hit (laughs) to break even. And that is so eye-opening for people, right? To say, Mm -hmm. that's the number you need to make per class and, and then we can set goals from there. So I'm really excited to be collaborating with you on this. And we're a good time.
we are a good time. <laughs> we are a good time. It's important Stephanie, to have fun. <laughs> I'm going to let you go. Got a busy day. Thank you. Thank you. You've got a. Te- I see that you're on a thousand podcasts lately. <laughs> my tour. But can we just say that I launched your career, your podcast career? Yes, you can. No. Stephanie, thank you so much for being with me today. We'll talk again soon. Bye, guys. Hey there, Yoga Biz Champs. If you're vibing with what you're hearing, do me a quick favor and hit that subscribe button on your podcast provider. It's a small click for you, but it's a giant leap for our Yoga Biz community. And hey, if you're really enjoying the show, please go ahead and drop us a rating and a review. Your feedback not only makes my day, but it also helps other yoga enthusiasts find this podcast. And listen up, future studio owners and current studio rock stars. If you're looking to start your own yoga studio, buy an existing one, or even grow your current business to new heights, let's chat. I'm in the trenches with you, and together we can make your yoga biz dreams a reality. Please head over to yogabizchamp.com to book a one-on-one with me, and let's get your studio thriving. Until next time, bring a smile into your heart, keep stretching, keep growing, and keep being the amazing yoga biz champ that you are. Namaste.